This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. You know, there is a little show out there right now on Netflix, and it's got a big heart. With a storyline that picks up 30 years after, the series Cobra Kai takes off where the original Karate Kid left off. The premise? What happens to all of our favorite good guys and the tainted losers once they hit real life? Cobra Kai started out as a possible YouTube purchase program, but it failed. Netflix, seeing the opportunity for something with appeal, snatched up Cobra Kai, and the show was turning out to be a hit with two seasons under its little karate belt and one more promise to us. I have seen both seasons, and I I was drawn in by a surprisingly deft storyline with a transformative kick. Well, maybe the bad guy wasn't such a bad guy after all, and maybe he was just the victim of a sad upbringing. And the show lures us in with a chance for all of us to identify, huh, with the loser who is trying to let his heart come to the surface and be mended. Well, I have my old pal, filmmaker Matt Mickelson here, as well as my producer, Bob Small, and we're all going to speak about the halo of inventiveness and old-fashioned feel-good show that Cobra Kai has given us. And I know, I think I can speak for us all here. We want more. So Matt and Bob, I am so entranced by Cobra Kai. Welcome to the show. I mean, what is it that is so enduring about this little big story? I love the show, too, and uh, I just love the fact that they embrace their 80s cheese. They're not trying to remake it. They're not trying to redo it in a special 2020, uh, you know, gloss or anything like that. They they, They cut the montage scenes exactly the way they would have cut them in 1980 with a Frank Stallone song. Yeah, or or uh, Eye of the Tiger song of some sort, yeah. and just the bad cheesy cuts of making a thing via A Team style, um, which which I think is great. And plus the fact that the guy that you thought was the bad guy is just a flawed guy, um, but he says all these things and does all these things that were common in 80s movies that most people would be so offended by today. And now you get to be offended by those things and not believe they spoke that way back then. And your supposed good guy thinks he's good and has no idea when he's doing bad things. And I love that. Yeah, we're getting away with a little murder there in these politically incorrect times, you know, to put it out there. Yeah. But yet, but what is it about the 80s, guys, that we love? Is it just because we experienced it so much and maybe that that was our era of hope? Or is it just because we're so fed up with millennials and having to be politically correct and feeling like we have no guts anymore? Because the thing I see in Cobra Kai is the, this wonderful character, Johnny Lawrence, who, who lost to Daniel LaRusso in The Karate Kid. Now, we all love Danny LaRusso. We all loved Mr. Miyagi. It's kind of like what happened to Johnny Lawrence when he got out there in real life. Yeah. He's trying to have some sort of personal salvation. He, he has been lost all these years. He's still stuck in the 80s. And the 80s aren't so bad, are, are, are they? <laughs> what do you think, Bob? I think... I liked your opening where you talked about how the what was kind of the bad guy in the mo- original movie has now become a a more real yeah. guy. Well, the good guy has also become a more real guy. He's flawed as well now. Oh, um, yeah. 
But he's got good intentions anyway. But the good intentions or bad intentions don't seem to make a difference to the outcome. That's right. That's right. In good old Reseda and Encino, California, here we are living. I, uh, Matt, what was your first hit when you when you watched Cobra Kai? I know you wrote to me and you were like, I'm so excited. I, I stayed up till 2 a.m. watching all the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I let it sit on the Netflix for <laughs> for months and months and months. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch that. You know, I, I got better things to do. How, you know, and then when I ran out of things to watch because of, of the COVIDs, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, give it a shot. And I was up to like three o'clock in the morning just watching because they're like, what? They're like 30 or 40 minutes long tops and they just cruise right by and they start again. And you, you're like, yeah. oh, I'll go to bed later. It'll be fine. You know, it's, it's like a little taster. And we're so caught up in the feel good, but it's not saccharine. And the budget, you can tell wasn't very big you know they're sliding by on a small budget i heard howard stern talking about the fact that the show was made so poorly and he wanted somebody to throw some money its way to make it better i don't necessarily want that i think sometimes you get more creative when you don't have enough money exactly and don't you think they're focusing on the characters they're they're so well developed i can tell you uh so many 200 million dollar movies that are garbage because they said we don't need a story we got 200 million (laughs) dollars Exactly. They're going to love it. It'll be great. So when when we left the Karate Kid movies, we've got a little, you know, Ralph Macchio, who is Danny LaRusso. Is it Macchio or Macchio? I think is it's Is it Macchiato? Macchio. Sure. Okay. It's coffee. <laughs> yes. It, I'm sure he loves that. It's You're Ralphie, Ralph Macchiato. Ralphie coffee. And so uh, so now, 30, 30 years on, he, yeah. he's a wealthy card, has a wealthy car, uh, car dealership. And with a gorgeous family, like the perfect family mm-hmm. and perfect wife. God, she is so tolerable, isn't she? I mean, she's great. Well, I think also he wouldn't have had the dealership without her, too. By the, yeah. by the looks of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's such a good guy still, but yet, you know, maybe things got a little tarnished sitting on the shelf of the country club, you know? Well, winning, winning gives you kind of a swelled head. Yeah, and it does. And I think that's what we see with him, a little bit of a swelled head on a good guy. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, uh, there, there's a, a part of it where he's trying to uh, disenfranchise his old nemesis, and he ends up, you know, uh, messing up a lot of other people's lives without even thinking about it. Exactly. And I'm not going to tell you how, just so you could see the show, yeah, but, yeah. but you know, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, someone blowing a hole in a boat to – to get back at their friend, but they could care less about the 20 other people on the boat. They're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but they think they're doing a good thing because they're an upstanding citizen and they won the Rotary Club Award and they're, uh, you know, they belong to the golf club and exactly. blah, 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 blah. So, Matt, go on about this character of Johnny Lawrence. I mean, he was he was, he was was just a kid that went the wrong direction oh, yeah. as, and, as a youngster. And also, they, they get deeper into his story that he wasn't just a spoiled rich jerk he he actually he was kind of verbally abused by his stepdad who mm-hmm. is the guy with the money mm-hmm. and uh you know pushed to do all these awful things and and found cobra kai that gave him uh you know uh, a little bit of a confidence boost and and the instructor guy there i forget his name was was like a surrogate father to him because he told him to buck up he didn't just call him names but he showed him how to buck up mm-hmm. you know so he was the first real male role model right. he ever had That's right. um and uh and this gave him all the confidence but over you know being in cobra kai for five years 
and uh, being with the, you know, listening to the no mercy rhetoric and everything, he became a bit of a jerk after a while, Mm -hmm. which could happen to anybody. Um, So, so it really gives you a deeper dive into, I hate that term. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, can we have a deeper dive here? What, what, okay. Um, It's like, just like one of those corporate placeholders. Anyway, uh, so, so it really gets so much farther into this character and this character that you've been hating for 30 years, you're, now you're like, oh, I kind of like this guy. You know, I I hope he makes it. I hope something good happens to him. But he's also, you know, a a bit emotionally stunted. So he shoots himself in the foot constantly, you know, and they both shoot themselves in their own feet constantly without knowing they're doing it because they're still stuck in their childhood rivalries and and what i think is interesting about johnny lawrence we open with johnny you know in bed beer bottles everywhere we know he's got an alcohol problem but and he's so sad because he is constantly looking towards those things that help him revive him emotionally Uh he's still watching iron eagle (laughs) his favorite movie which is iron eagle 2 which which is the uh the 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 low rate top gun (laughs) That's right. You know, for, right. if you couldn't afford to get into Top Gun, you went to go see Iron Eagle. But we I see <laughs> we see in Johnny Lawrence's eyes, even as he's drinking himself to death, that there here there's hope for himself. He's trying yeah. to he's trying to reach out to find a mentor, and there's no one. Yeah. And but, then he meets this young boy, Miguel. Yeah. And Miguel needs a father well, figure. Well, Miguel is exactly what Ralph Macchio was thirty years prior. The skinny little kid from out of town and needs a father figure desperately. You know, because his single mom has like 10 jobs and, and right. can't give him the attention he needs. That's right. Um, and he gets picked on a lot. He's skinny. And, and that and when this guy, you know, uh, uh, you know, takes him on, is uh, this kid actually, you know, tells him to start a dojo because he's, uh, you know, you're so good at this. Why aren't you teaching? And Whoa. he also yeah. says, I need you. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I think Miguel has that beautiful, sweet face, the, the things we looked up to in mm-hmm. Danny LaRusso and yeah. the Karate, Karate Kid, and how things have reversed. Now, now, Johnny Lawrence sees his chance there for some sort of salvation, yeah. some personal redemption. And then, of course, he blows in, <laughs> builds this dojo, and we're seeing a remake of Cobra Kai almost, but without all the the vitriol yeah but he's he's trying to find himself with all his own phrases and um oh i've got a quote oh but but he he uses all the key words (laughs) (laughs) yeah that we are not allowed to say anymore and i won't even get into it because my kids nail me on these all the time i i can't say a few words that i grew up with just that i used to say constantly and now i gotta edit myself um but he's just you know he they're like uh sir you can't say that anymore you know, or what? Because these people might get offended. You can't say that. You can't say this. That's not really nice to say. You know. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> exactly. For instance, there are all these sites now online with all these Johnny Lawrence quotes. The oh, best really? of Johnny. Oh, it's kind of like the best of Maggie Smith and Downton Abbey. You know, I love this. And one of the thi- one of the best lines when when the young girl comes in and he goes, "There are no women in Cobra Kai. Women have tiny, hollow bones." And Miguel is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's my friends. <laughs> and then I love this because this is so filled with who he really is. He says, I wasn't taught the difference between mercy and honor, and I paid the price for it. If I'm extra hard on you, it's because you have the potential to be better than I ever was. 
And that's the first time he's realizing that because for his whole life, uh, it was me, 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 me with some me on top. And now right. after that failing for he's got to be close to 60, right? Or, yeah. 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 Um, you know, now he's actually for the first time in his life helping someone else, which, he, which he's never tried before. You see, that's the power of this particular movie. Yeah. What they've done yeah. here and why I think all of us are saying, oh, this is so good. Because there are many times you see that, that and there's no dialogue necessarily saying it like that was. But you see that happening in the in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're seeing this glimmer of this guy that's actually open to changing for the good. Yeah. Yeah. And our good guy keeps messing it up for him. <laughs> well, and you know, and he's every not- time. And they don't listen to each other. And it's, you know, the whole Three's Company thing where there's a misunderstanding because everyone thinks something else is happening at the same time. They exactly. all meet in the room together. And they all have a different perception on what's supposed to be happening. Exactly. Um, and which is, you know, where comedy comes from. And sitcoms. But, uh, but you know, with this, it's that they're so wrapped up in their own ego, they just jump, you know, into fisticuffs as fast as they can before they, you know, ask each other, what are you doing here? Well, I think this is happening. Well, I'm. this is what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, problem solved. Mm-hmm. Or how they're remaking all the 80s movies, but with texting. You know, now there's no plot because it gets fixed. Right. You know, because <laughs> it gets, you know, oh, no, what's Johnny doing? Text him. Find out. OK, movie's over. <laughs> and that's one of the things Johnny Lawrence addresses. Get out, rid of this texting. Yeah. I want it out. You're going to be here and everybody's going to be quiet and I'm your sensei and you're going to listen. Yeah, get your face out of your phones. Put it down. And you if it. I call you a name, deal with it. And <laughs> one of the best moments of that is the poor boy with the hair lip yeah. who is constantly bullied at school. And this is this is something I want to talk about, guys, because I think this show, Cobra Kai, really deals with the subject of bullying. There's a social conscience. The way they get into it, I think, is really interesting. The, the girl who's shamed for being overweight. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see how destructive this is. And so Johnny sees the boy with the hair lip. He makes fun of him. This boy falls apart. But what does Johnny say? Flip the script. Yeah. Flip it. And this is the real world. The kid leaves, comes back with a whole new look. And so he's embracing his imperfections. He's got the mohawk, and he's cool with that cool tattoo. Yeah. Now he becomes... Yet that's not quite perfect either. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, but but at least he's he's learned to take his weakness and turn it into his strength. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that also kind of backfires because he's becoming a little Johnny Lawrence a la 1988. Also. A la, la Crease. Or 1984. A la the a-la real Crease, bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So can we say then that this series is trying to achieve balance, you know, a little pull back, a little go forward in the yeah. trying to find balance, you know, you know, mixing all this up. So so with that said, I, I want you guys to address for a minute the, the subject of why are martial arts films always such a feature? Why? What has been the enduring popularity of martial arts. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, martial or kung fu movies or karate movies, whatever you want to call them, the basic trope is revenge. Mm. You know, somebody killed my family. I got to go learn karate and go and kill them. That's they, basically they, the plot. But they do it with great art. Well, <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, because you gotta, I think it's it's the re- response to being bullied. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of us are being bullied. Even the bullies get bullied. You right. know, that's true. And th- this is a viable 
response to some degree. But isn't it interesting? That's how that, the original movie was created. Well, that's basically. why we love revenge, revenge movies because yeah. that character is us. Yes, you know, having yes. their child killed by the bad mob people, or, or you know, some kind of trope like that, where the average person is put into this this awful situation where they lose something dear, or they're trying to protect something dear. And they're trying to, you know, fight this this huge obstacle or these bad guys um, to get there. And we could all identify with that, you know, because oh, because yeah. our day to day bad guys is our incompetent government or or the the <laughs> bills that come in the mail or mm-hmm. the grocery store <laughs> or mm-hmm. our car breaking down. You know, we're all you know, we're all, you know, two months from being broken, homeless on the street. That, right. That's the bully of life. That's you know? the bad guy right now. Um, yeah. Some of us more than others, but still, you know, you, you could be there in a heartbeat, and you're, that's the fight that you're trying to protect your kids and everyone you love from or yourself from that happening. So sometimes that means you either become the bully or you become the good person that can fight the bully. Yeah, yeah. It's so, a choice. So in all the – and always in these martial arts films, there always seems to be a central man who gathers up all his buddies along the way. And we've seen this played out in many films, including the Star Wars films. Sure. And this – from the Seven Samurai to the Outlaw Josie mm-hmm. Wales to – you know, it, it's found itself into a lot of genres. But it is so lasting. What is it that, that you know, it, it takes a village? I mean, what is this thing within the whole martial arts that draws and binds for revenge? Well, I mean, there's that whole, that, 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 that whole adventure, just like a superhero movie, of finding that mentor and learning the thing. Yeah, okay. And okay. finding this power within you and having good guidance, then being able to go out when you're not trained enough and fight the bad guys and hopefully be successful. Or it's the second act and, you know, that person actually ends up very hurt and then the friend's got to come in and help out, you know, a la Empire Strikes Back, right. you know. Um, and Because... For you, of those of you that don't know, the second act is when everything goes badly for everybody, and then it gets fixed. Hopefully, in the third act, um, and the, you know, in a lot of your your karate movies, your kung fu movies, uh, the 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 big one for that has probably got to be, um, uh, oh god, the Bruce Lee one, the, the Enter the Enter Dragon. The Dragon. That yeah. that was probably like the first thing that put it on the American map. Um, and, and you can even go back to 1962, Harry Car- Harry Carey or Harry Carey or Harry, I, I don't know how do they pronounce it, but they always mispronounced it on, on 60s TV shows. Harry uh, you're going to go Carey. there and commit Harry Carey there, Bob, <laughs> you know, um, and that was in 1962 and it was very heavy duty in the honor and ego. And, you mm-hmm. know, this guy just, you know, was a samurai and was so hell bent on committing suicide as opposed to being dishonored. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was way back in 1962 in black and white. And then there's the the five deadly venoms, which is basically a gang that gathers together like the A team to fight this, you know, mob boss or whatever. And they're the same gang in Kill Bill. I know. Because this is it. one of Tarantino's favorite films, because remember, he used to work at a video store, lots of karate movies there. Correct. And he got most of his ideas from there. And The Lone Wolf, which is another one where... Uh, a uh, samurai protects a child through a journey 
Sounds like something that's on TV. The Might be the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yes. And Same by deal. the way, October 30th, folks. October 30th, yes, <laughs> Mandalorian? Yeah. That's right. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the... Don't have to uh, wait long. <laughs> and also a Tarantino uh, influence was uh, the Master of the Flying Guillotine. That's and right. Just use your imagination. That was used <laughs> yes. in Kill Bill also. And uh, there in recently, yeah, that's right. you know, in recent, it's like course, something out of the Wild Wild West 2, that remake. Exactly. Where they had a, a thing they flung like a frisbee. Exactly. They took off a person's head. Same yeah. guy. Oh, <laughs> a nod right back to and that. And if you Bob, remember the right. movie True Romance, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, directed by favorites. Tony Scott with <laughs> Christian Slater, and uh, that was a Tarantino script. And the uh, character, uh, Clarence Whirly, I'm not going to say what that sounds like. Played by Christian Slater, he just went on and on and on about Sonny Chiba and um, right. the That's... the Kung Fu master, and he was taking this uh, girl to go see uh, a Sonny Chiba marathon because he goes to see it every day on his birthday. And there we have that reflected again in Kill Bill later on. You yep. Kill mm-hmm. Bill, mm-hmm. and and uh, so so it's had a big influence on a lot of our American filmmakers, but also a lot of those stories try to carry back to China sometimes too. And now there's a lot of cross modulation where Chinese actors are coming over to work on American or European films, but also so is Chinese money um, to finance these films. Mm. So um, unfortunately, that, that is turning out some garbage. You know, it looks pretty. Uh, they're, they're, they cost a lot of money, but there's no story because there are so many um, powers that be pulling right. on the project uh, and they're just depending on spectacle to carry the movie as opposed to a decent script. Right. Um, and that's when you end up with like something like Six Underground or Gemini Man or Karate Kid 2010, um, some superhero movies. Independence Day 2 a disaster. was a big steaming pile of art. Yeah. And John Wick, um, which is very light in parts uh, as far as script goes, and it's just a revenge murder porn. You know, the the guy just walks around and puts a bullet in everyone he walks by, you know, and cuts through everybody like butter. You know, that that gets a little old after five minutes. It does. And the last one, Parabellum, was all martial arts, it seemed. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. It, you know, well, of course, Keanu lost a finger. We won't talk about no, that. No, no, Ke- Keanu, Keanu is a great physical actor. He's I mean, fantastic. he was perfect for The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And The Matrix, oddly enough, was also uh, influenced by Win Chun. And they had the same choreographer, fight choreographer. Is that uh, right? And Michelle Yeoh and Donnie Yen were in Win Chun. Um, and... Uh, I have some other. Little Let's, notes hold on. That I Let's made. talk. You talk about Donnie Yen. This is the great Ip Man. Oh yeah. I mean, one of the most spectacular martial arts films of all time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make the connection that he had actually been in Rogue One, yes. Star Wars. Yes. So the blind guy. I am the Force. The Force is with me. That's Donnie Yen. And you know, I, I wow. I mean, what history right there. Yeah. Yeah. What a coup. And, and uh, I, I think, I, I can't remember correctly, but I think a lot of Chinese m- money financed Rogue One also, hence the crossover. So this mm. is what worries me, Matt, when I, when I see a, a movie and you see the opening credits and you see about a dozen countries involved in the opening yeah. credits. Mm-hmm. From the Middle East to China to, you know, wherever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and- unfortunately, some of the government, like, especially with the Chinese government, they got their finger on... A lot of what happens there and a lot of garbage gets made in China uh, and scripts get forgotten about because it, it falls under the government's purview. Um, and um, 
So I'm, I'm a lot of things suffer, there. and you get a lot of garbage movies. But also, once in a while, you get something good, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Which is art. Uh, it's yeah. high art. It's um, one of the most beautiful films ever made, really. And Ang Lee wanting to do martial arts, but yet came across with his choreographed ballet, yeah. basically. with the, uh, yeah. Again, a great story. But also with, like, Gemini Man, you had Ang Lee, Will Smith... And and all these amazing people come mm-hmm. together to make a thing and to do some new technology to make a younger Will Smith. But the the script, just it, the, the, the guy from Game of Thrones helped with the script, and it was still duty. Yeah. And the script's been floating around Hollywood since '97, but for duty some reason, it just did not come together. You know, I mean, that's that's movies. You you can't. There's no guarantees. Duty. I love that word. Duty. It takes me back to Caddyshack. <laughs> duty. <laughs> One of the so greatest I, moments of all time. That's why I always stop time. at 7-Eleven on the way to the country club in the summer, pick up a couple of baby roos. <laughs> Just in case. Don't mean to get off track here, but really that moment when Bill Murray is cleaning the pool and picks up the the, the, the candy and eats it. Really, oh, I'll yeah. go to my grave laughing with oh, that one. Good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cinderella story. So uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting about the masters. We looked at Bruce Lee, of course, Jet, yeah. Jet Li, who I adore. Oh, yeah. I, 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 and I don't forget it, Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan. He's another crossover with Rush Hour, and and oh, he was uh, gosh, understudy yes. of Bruce Lee, I think, wasn't he? And he he almost killed himself numerous times doing all his own stunts. Yeah. He's an ambassador for UNICEF. Uh-huh. I mean, this man is a huge philanthropist. You know, he's doing a lot of good out there. But I think it's interesting, uh, Bruce Lee, always wanted to be a star in Hollywood. Yeah. And then Enter the Dragon, it premiered in the U.S., made like over $20 million. Yeah, but oddly enough, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was half Uh, financed with Chinese money and directed by Torrentino, the big lover of karate movies, was not shown in China because they didn't like the way Bruce Lee was depicted when he fought Brad Pitt's (gasps) character. Is that a fact? That is a fact. And you uh, th- th- movie this is a 2019 you. fact. It may have changed. I don't know. But, I, I mean, the, they, they were not too pleased. Now, mm. considering, you know, you think they would have seen the script before they handed over millions of dollars to help get this thing made. Absolutely. So. Um, How bizarre. And, by the way, that scene alone is worth the movie. That that was my favorite scene. <laughs> when he wrecks the car and she comes out, what have you done to my car? But I, yeah. I, I love the, 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 the movie about, about uh, Bruce Lee uh, that was like 1994, I, I think, where it, it was a biopic. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember With what it was. With Brandon Lee? No, no, no. Uh, that was The Crow. But there was a biopic about Bruce Lee, and I can't remember the actor that played him. He was big for a while and then faded I, out. I remember that. I think it was a TV film or something, wasn't Ma- it? Maybe. Or, but it was, know, really and it was well done. It was actually really you know. well done because he went through so much. And, that, and the lady at the restaurant helped him out because yeah. he could always use dishwasher. Is yeah, that that's right. Be? Dishwasher? And he's like, okay, I'll take the money. Well, you know, I don't know about you guys, but we don't have enough time to talk <laughs> about all of these things. Can we talk about but 80s let's karate get, movies? Let's, <laughs> next time... <laughs> Let's get back to Cobra Kai. Everybody get onto Netflix and watch it. It's going from strength to strength, and you will find positivity in this fabulous series. And if you like that that, uh, thing on Netflix, you like Ip Man, Dragon Tire Gate, Detective D, and Buy Bust. It's a Philippine movie. Fantastic! Matt Mickelson, thank you so much for being here and and giving all this. And Bob Small, thank you for being our guy. I know, I love it. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.